You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. Today's reading is from Luke 18, verses 35 to 42. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, have you struggled with trust? I have. You know the saying, once bitten, twice shy. See, even for the most unassuming of us, sometimes it's a struggle to trust when in multiple areas of our lives, trust has been broken. Promises have been betrayed, not kept. And there's different degrees of broken trust. It can be, I'll never fly with that airline again because they cancelled my flight, lost my bag and ruined my holiday. But it's more than big corporations letting us down. Broken trust can go deeper when it's valued relationships, when we experience the hurt of betrayal from someone close. Last week, we were challenged about unforgiveness. Maybe you've trusted God to help you in a really difficult situation and your circumstances haven't got better and it's a struggle to trust God right now. Well, in a broken world of broken trust, What we do is we sometimes become self-reliant. The world might let me down, but at least I won't. And we can do this because of our relative wealth. It gives us options to build self-reliance into our lives, giving us security or hope. So we rely on ourselves, trusting in our careers, in financial security, in our reputation, Well, today in Luke 18, as we encounter this blind beggar whose world was completely untrustworthy. My first point is this is a brutal world. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. See, blindness is a significant disability and some of you may struggle with the challenges of vision impairment. This isn't a small thing, I imagine. Yet given all the challenges in our society, the vision impaired meaningfully contribute. While not perfect, there are support services like Vision Australia, Braille services, 
There's NDIS support to assist the vision impaired to live a flourishing life. But in Jesus' day, being blind was brutal. It came with devastating social and economic realities. This blind man begging on the roadside would have belonged to the bottom 5 to 10% of the population, literally called the expendables. Imagine not being worthy of human dignity because of a disability, being considered expendable like rubbish. See, the mindset in Jesus' day was your worth is based on if you can financially contribute. So he is seen as an embarrassment and is marginalised. Notice this man is nameless. See, economically, he was begging because he was blind. They were the poorest of the poor and they lived purely from the charity of others. No Centrelink, no NDIS, no possessions or children to look after him. Literally, the blind would only survive because Jewish culture encouraged giving. So Jesus was coming along the road and there was crowds and all this commotion because he had been teaching people and healing people. And they told him that this was Jesus passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Don't speak to him. You are irrelevant. Stay down there oppressed. In his life, his only option was to beg. And when he did, he was shut down. How could this man trust in a world that socially and economically was set against him? Each day his trust was broken as he took the brunt of others' selfishness and oppression, a system that sidelined and rejected him. His only reprieve was scraps of charity tossed at his feet. We also see the mercy of Jesus. Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. So in this brutal world, there are moments in Jesus' ministry that shines the light of how awesome he is. Jesus' great compassion and love. Among all these hostile voices telling this man to stay silent, know how Jesus is stopped in his tracks by this man. Jesus saw the expendable one. Jesus was interrupted by the expendable one. In a world all about self-reliance and achievement, see that Jesus' mercy and compassion inviting someone the world categorically rejected into his presence. This man is worth Jesus' time and attention. Notice the dignity Jesus gives him. Even in his question, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus doesn't assume what he needs, giving dignity and power to the one who was powerless. See, Jesus doesn't buy into what the crowds care about, social status or class. 
Jesus has no time for this brutal system that benefited the rich and oppressed this man. Anyone can come to Jesus just as they are. And under his better rule, he would graciously turn this world on its head. And we see a glimpse of this as Jesus immediately restores this man's sight, both physically and spiritually, giving him new life and salvation. From the streets begging to following Jesus and joyfully praising God. This man was broken and betrayed by this world and Jesus proves to be completely trustworthy and merciful. So we might not experience his extreme poverty or isolation, but maybe in some way this world has left you behind, isolated you. Your trust has been completely broken, whether by people or constant hardships or sick bodies, and your attempts to rely on yourself hasn't worked. Well, today, Jesus, full of compassion, he sees you and he will be interrupted by you. He offers you his grace. Jesus is completely trustworthy. In a brutal and self-reliant world, this beggar encountered something very strange, grace. See, spiritually, none of us are self-reliant. We can't deal with the oppressive darkness of our sin, evil or death in this world and our lives. And Jesus healing this blind man, we have a preview of Jesus' coming resurrection. Jesus was on a journey passing through Jericho, which meant that he was only 20 kilometres away from Jerusalem. In verses 31 to 33, just before this passage, Jesus shares with his disciples that his journey was leading to a Roman cross. He alone would be isolated and cop the brutality of this world. More than this beggar, Jesus would be mocked and insulted and spat on and killed in our place to offer us his life-changing mercy and grace. Yet on the third day, Jesus rose again, bringing in the good news of a better kingdom, hope of new life and healing where the expendable has great worth. In a brutal world, Jesus is completely trustworthy. Thirdly, we see the trust of a blind man. While discovering Jesus is passing by, he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. See, the blind man clearly sees who Jesus is when others don't. Calling Jesus son of David is about Israel's king from the Old Testament, the one God had promised would reign forever. In Luke, the titles son of David and son of God were used interchangeably. The blind man had profound insight about Jesus' identity. That Jesus is God's true king something completely missed by the religious people, even Jesus' closest disciples. Secondly, the blind man cries show that he desperately needed mercy. See, in this self-reliant world, this guy knew that he couldn't do it. 
He couldn't even feed himself, but this gave him insight that he desperately needed grace in Jesus. The problem was, was that not everyone had this blind man's vision of Jesus. And Luke asks, who really is blind? See, zooming out from this blind man in Luke 18, ironically shows the religious insiders were blind to their sin and their need for Jesus. Whether it's the Pharisee who prays, bragging about how moral he is in fasting and giving, and he compares himself with sinners, he's completely blind to his own brokenness and need for grace. Or the rich ruler who claims that he perfectly follows the Ten Commandments, but is completely blinded by his greed. Unlike this blind man, he leaves Jesus sad because he just can't part with his huge wealth. In verse 34, even those closest to Jesus, his disciples, when Jesus shared how his journey would lead to the cross, they were spiritually blind and didn't understand. Their trust was in political solutions to deal with their brutal world, and Jesus dying wasn't part of their plan. Blindness of the religious insiders and clear vision of this outsider. Likewise, Jesus' grace demands us to also see that we can't do it. We need Jesus and his spirit to see how we have been blind to our sin, blind to the impacts of how we treat others, as we heard last week, maybe holding on to unforgiveness, blind to the times we've been untrustworthy before God and others, blind to how we've been self-reliant, trusted in money or success and what that brings us, or maybe like the disciples trusting in earthly solutions to our spiritual problems. But like this beggar, do we desperately see our need for mercy in Jesus? See, this beggar seeing that Jesus is king and his need for mercy led to him trusting Jesus with something vulnerable. In verse 41, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Let's be challenged by the complete trust this man puts in Jesus. You know, he's begging, his more immediate needs for food or money so easily could have been his request. But asking to see was a really bold and risky thing. He put everything on the line with Jesus. See, his vision impairment caused him so much pain and the prospect of having sight was a vulnerable thing just to put out there. What if Jesus couldn't do it? If you have a significant illness, the idea of asking God for healing is an emotionally risky request. Yet his complete trust came from his vision that Jesus is the true king. From his cries, we know that his hope wasn't in healing, but in the Lord Jesus. But he, knowing who this is, he believed that Jesus could change his life. See, our world can tempt us to see ourselves as big and as Jesus as small. Let's be challenged by this blind man's faith. While the world made him small, Jesus was rightly seen as big to him. He was completely dependent on Jesus in our self-reliant world. 
I'm not saying we should have an unhealthy dependency on others, whether emotionally or financially. For instance, godly wisdom doesn't mean that we selfishly rack up debt and make it someone else's problem. And the beggar followed Jesus with his restored vision, would have started contributing among the disciples. But unlike this beggar, overall our self-reliance is a massive idol for us. It's causing deep cracks in our society. Consider the Australian dream of owning a home. The pursuit of this dream actually has caused much disparity in the Australian community. Some owning multiple investments while others are struggling to keep a roof over them with sky-high rents. Currently, the federal government is at war with the crossbench finding solutions to this problem. Self-reliance is conditioned in us from a really young age. It's reinforced through the education system of attaining grades. In the workplace, self-reliance is rewarded by those competing and climbing the corporate ladder. Management jobs with higher autonomy are often remunerated better. Well, the other day I was uh, driving past a circus tent and the sides were up and I saw the safety nets in place just in case the performer on the trapeze fell. When we think of safety nets, we often think of government support like Centrelink or NDIS supports this blind guy um, significantly didn't benefit from. But spiritually, I think we're all tempted to trust in worldly safety nets, which is all about our trust. Picture a bungee jumping cord breaking. It can be your career, right? Putting your trust in our, our capabilities, you know, or our place in the org chart at work or your grades in your studies and all these things that bring us a sense of accomplishment and recognition and status. Maybe recent talks about a workplace restructure has absolutely thrown your world. Or maybe it's financial security. You don't want to be shamelessly rich, but you want to be wise. You want to be more established to provide for your family. But all these constant interest rate rises has rattled this security, so you're working longer and bearing other costs on your relationships. Maybe you're now retired or thinking about it and your superannuation, the balance of your golden nest egg, has become your ticket, your hope for a secure future. Safety nets can be people. You know, you put in all this effort to maintain relationships, you're always giving when you're exhausted, but when this hasn't been reciprocated, people have let you down in some way, it's thrown you. Friends, it can be anything. What good things in this world that increases your self-reliance, that gives you wealth or power or reputation or comfort, has become a safety net in your heart? What makes you angry when this is threatened? What causes you to have misplaced priorities impacting others, causing conflict, distracting you from radically trusting Jesus like this blind man? We might minimise it because these things are socially acceptable, but you can't avoid this spiral of self-reliance comes with many spiritual traps. And there can be moments in life when our safety nets are suddenly broken, letting us down, and it can be painful exposing that we're not that different from this helpless beggar 
desperately needing grace to go on. Right now, where does Jesus fit amongst all these safety nets? How is the Spirit showing you that you've put too much reliance in something distracting you from Jesus and his mercy? In our brutal world, we need clear vision that Jesus alone is trustworthy. The one who went to the cross to show his great love for us asks us for exclusive trust in him. So what is Jesus asking you to lay down or just hold more loosely? Jesus' kingdom is good news for the poor. Why? Well, Jesus is compassionate. But also the poor have less earthly distractions crowding out the goodness of Jesus. In verse 43, receiving his sight, the beggar immediately followed Jesus in complete trust. He didn't have the temptation of all our safety nets. He didn't have to consider family, important careers, leaving valuable possessions. He gained so much in Jesus in this world and the next. And he just freely followed Jesus, praising God. Jesus says that we must enter the kingdom of God like a little child. Those with no wealth or power or reputation of their own, just like this beggar. No matter how strong your faith is, living in this world, there's always going to be these loud voices saying, don't bother Jesus, just be self-reliant. And as we transition through different life stages, I think comes with more, not less, temptations and pressures to be self-reliant. And because of sin, we're all spiritually inconsistent. Despite Jesus' wonderful mercy offered to us, sometimes we fail to wholeheartedly trust Jesus like this beggar. Sometimes we give in to the lure of worldly safety nets because it feels good to rely on ourselves. So we need to persistently come back to Jesus' mercy and grace. As we finish up, complete trust in Jesus means persistence. Let's be challenged by this unwavering persistence of this blind man repetitively crying out to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Despite all the powerful voices trying to silence him, he continued calling to Jesus, refusing to miss this moment in Jesus' presence. His persistence was more than stubbornness, but it was clear insight of Jesus' greatness and his desperate need for him. And Jesus proved to be completely trustworthy. Likewise, Jesus invites us to persistently come back to his grace amongst all our guilt and shame, whatever the safety nets have been. And I encourage you to come before our merciful King today, call out to him. While the voices around us will keep on saying, be more self-reliant, whether in school grades or work success or providing more for the family. In Romans 12, Paul says that our transformation involves renewing our minds by looking to God's mercy in Jesus. Not conforming to this world and being self-sufficient like everyone else, but discerning God's perfect will for our lives. Do we prioritize regular rhythms of prayer and time in God's word that positions us to keep coming back to King Jesus, his mercy and his grace? 
this blind beggar was amazingly transformed and experiences new life in Jesus' presence. Like him, we can't do it. But Jesus graciously doesn't leave us where we're at. The Spirit helps us to trust Jesus in new ways, even when it's hard, and we're not alone. See, this beggar receiving his sight immediately followed Jesus and joins the other disciples, going from an expendable to adopted in as family. And in verse 43, um, everyone who saw his transformation, they also praised God. See, friends, our trust in Jesus grows as we see God at work in each other's lives. We need each other to keep on trusting Jesus. If you have broken trust today, don't retreat into self-reliance. Keep coming back to King Jesus and his mercy. He's completely trustworthy. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. 